Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. That's right, it's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and is always available as a podcast on Apple, Google and Spotify. I'm Alexander Leipner, this is edition 110 of uh, week 16 of 2023 and uh, we're halfway through April and if you want to get in touch you can email editor at santantimes.co.za or connect on social media at santantimes and visit the website www.santantimes.co.za. Send your questions, your comments, your feedback, your input, your thoughts on the show. All of them are welcome and you're part of this conversation. You're listening from across Gauteng, you're listening from across South Africa, and you're also listening from across the world, be it on radio or through the podcast community. And I'm happy to report that all is well in Santonland. And uh, my trusty sidekick, Vincenzo, is behind the control desk again. We dress quite warmly, I see. The temperatures are dropping. It's definitely getting colder and it's creeping up on us sooner than we can imagine. If you're listening live on Mix 93.8 and not uh, via the podcast, you can use the WhatsApp line. It's open 084-822-0938. That's 084-822-0938. And it's always good to get your WhatsApps uh, throughout the show, be it a voice note or just something that you've typed up as you'll make your way across South Africa or on your way home or wherever you are in the universe. As you can hear, I'm battling a bit of the seasonal change. I've got a bit of a, a cold uh, that I'm dealing with. So I'm going to try and do my best to get through the next hour. And let's get started with it right away. Coming up on the week's show, uh, he's spent a significant time as the head of Samsung in South Africa. And now he has released a book chronicling his experiences and lessons learned. Uh, he joins me shortly. Then there's a new spot that has opened in Johannesburg that allows kids to bring their adults for some top dining and loads of space to play. I went to go have a look and I'll be bringing you uh, an interview that I did on site. Then next, it looks like we're going to be in for a winter for the ages as South Africa's failing energy supply takes further strain and there is more or less to come. Stay tuned. And finally, this past weekend, some of South Africa's top comedians walked away with a Comics Choice Award, and I'll bring you a wrap-up of that. This and more is coming up shortly, but as always, we'll do the headlines in a minute. And let's get the hour going with our first track for this week. Show some love. Subscribe. Share. Leave a review and rating for the Santon Times Hour. On your favorite podcast app now. Connect with the Santon Times. Email editor at santontimes.co.za. I encourage you to do so. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 with Sex on Fire by Tom Enzi and Sam Welsh. A bit of a different take on a very popular track. It's time for the headlines for this week. Oh boy, where do we start? Uh, the Tabo Besta story continues to be a hot mess. And uh, as the weeks progress, more and more of what is truly a remarkable story unfolds. And I'm not sure if you've been following the parliamentary inquiry into the matter, but former prosecutor for the National Prosecuting Authority of South Africa and a member of parliament for the Democratic Alliance, Glynis Breitenbach, well, she's certainly giving G4S and the South African Police Services a grilling of note. And I have no doubt that the story is going to be with us for quite some time. And there's going to be more revelations 
as this entire thing unfolds. And as I say, if none of the streaming services have jumped onto the story yet, trust me, this is going to be the one to get and turn into a movie or into a series, that's for sure. Then the South African Investment Conference that took place uh, this past week in Santon, well, I guess international investors are wondering how their investments will fare in a country with ever-increasing power supply issues. And uh, food for Mzanzi quoted uh, Paul Makwana, who's the current ESCOM board chairperson during the South African Investment Conference, who said, and I quote, we want to bring back the investor confidence in the country, but first we must deal with fixing the culture of ESCOM, deal with corruption and mismanagement, loss of talent, and push for a goal-driven attitude. That's it. That's all they have to do. And... Uh, also, uh, he said that the power utility is working towards having a healthy electricity supply by March 2025. March 2025. Well, I'll see you all then. That's only, what, a year and a bit to go? And finally, uh, early indicators show a potential increase in the fuel price in May, uh, with petrol 93 increasing by as much as 84 cents a litre, but diesel decreasing by as much as 42 cents a litre, according to an article by The Citizen. But uh, we will wait to see how April soldiers on, and uh, maybe there might still be some changes before that comes into effect. Let's leave the headlines right there for this week. Uh, let me take a sip of tea and come back strong for my chat with a man who headed up Samsung South Africa for numerous years and has now written a book on his experiences. I'm joined by Sung Yoon, former CEO and president of Samsung Africa, right after the break. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. The best of talk and music in one hour. This is the Santon Times Hour. It's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and uh, available on all good podcast platforms. And as we kick off this week's edition, I'm thrilled to be joined by another business leader. He's the former CEO and president of Samsung Africa with uh, many years of leadership in South Africa driving the Samsung brand. He has now released a book uh, called The Samsung Man's Path to Success. Uh, his name is Sung Yun, and uh, he joins me on the line. And Sung, it's fantastic to have you on the Santon Times Hour. Thank you for having me. Well, I mean, we often interview business leaders. We speak to CEOs. We speak to presidents. It's not always related to a book. What drove you to write a book? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I have uh, never thought about if I can write a book. Uh, the reason why I come up with a book because I have never forgotten the words of uh, the 50 or so local South African staff who came all the way to my hotel on my last day in uh, South Africa to say their goodbyes through tears because that uh, departure is always uh, emotional. They asked me to tell our shared story, the story of our beautiful memories the story of uh, the amazing transformation of uh, Samsung South Africa uh, over our four years together. And uh, above all, the story of uh, South Africa's uh, unimaginable potential, which I always address. So based on their request, I decided to take on the challenge. So my book is uh, kind of, uh, for me, a cut and call uh, in my own words. Amazing. Well, it's always good to capture these things and also share the wisdom of the things that you've learned. Your new book is called The Samsung Man's Path to Success, 
turning crisis into breakthrough. You were the CEO and president of Samsung Africa for uh, quite a few years and made quite uh, an impact on the brand, uh, both globally, but I think also specifically in Africa and in South Africa. Uh, Who did you feel would benefit from you writing this book? Who, Who should be reading this? Well, first, as I told you, uh, that uh, telling the South Africa stories outside of uh, South Africa, because the, my team, my colleagues, uh, wanted to share those uh, slightly uh, over 100 episodes outside of uh, South Africa, people that South Africa can do something and can achieve world best uh, tier performance. So I intended to share those things with uh, more of uh, leaders, CEOs, or company uh, type of thing. But surprisingly, I got more uh, good uh, feedback from younger generation. They said, "Wow, you know, you started from the you know the bottom uh, of the company and went through all challenges." And uh, they said you suffered more failures uh, than success. But you uh, reached up to the the top level of a big company, Samsung, and uh, that is uh, amazing feedback from the, the people. So I hope the same thing. Uh, it's uh, more of uh, targeted for the company leaders, CEO level, but uh, those new generation uh, just uh, off the uh, graduation from the school and uh, the new beginners at the company now some of them uh, will understand how they can grow together with the company. What are some of your most memorable moments of doing business in South Africa and in Africa? Good question. So I, I worked in Samsung uh, America over slightly over 16 years out of my 32 years with the Samsung. So I learned uh, a lot for the global, I can say, best uh, practice and uh, build a relationship with uh, you know, our business partners for the retailers and the telco companies. So I try to apply the same way of uh, developing partners in South Africa. No matter what, the business amount is uh, very small compared to uh, America. But as I learned in America 16 years, I applied those things. And it happened. Uh, we built the partnership, true partnership, and the, that's the way. Uh, in Samsung while I was in South Africa four years. Samsung was uh, like, uh, yes, global brand at that time, but it's something not feeling like a South African brand. And people didn't know Samsung has a factory in Durban. We have a TV assembly factory. So the thing I tried is build uh, more of a true partnership based on local uh, content and uh, requirement and uh, started, oh, Samsung sounds like more of a South African local brand. So that's uh, the most uh, highlight of uh, my uh, my days in with the Samsung South Africa. Were there any learnings or solutions that you cultivated in South Africa that made its way back to Samsung globally that you found were then used in other places in the world? Absolutely. So... What, what I'm trying to address is, uh, you know, Samsung is a big company and uh, the, you know, 100 episodes try to share. I can come up with some idea, but I cannot achieve those uh, 
performance and results by myself. It's all teamwork and how we can work uh, with a good company. So, for example, the, the unique and biggest challenge I can tell you, if you don't mind, the two things. So, first one is the product. The Samsung has a Galaxy smartphone range. The model is the A3 model, which is an affordable price with a good quality. Samsung didn't have uh, that level of a product. Like always, we had the uh, uh, Galaxy Note or Galaxy S23 type of accessories, which is a very good, but very premium expensive. So I asked, uh, what kind of phone do you need? Well, actually, uh, our business partners, telco partners, retailed, hey, Samsung, good brand. Can you come up with uh, some affordable, good uh, product? And I asked Korea, and they said, uh, probably not, because globally, the market is not that big. But I tried to ask, ask, and they come up with uh, A3s, and I worked with, uh, uh, you know, Casper Novist as uh, one of our you know, a uh, celebrity, and uh, we put the name, local name, Casper Phone type of thing. It was a great success. And uh, what happened is after uh, two to three years, that is one of the uh, most global popular phone in the world. So started from South Africa about product concept and type of thing and uh, applied for globally. And the second thing is uh, blue tag sales. Uh, the concept is normally, you know, uh, when we do a promotion, one retail channel do a promotion, but the others are not doing with a specific brand. But Blue Tech Sales is a Samsung product. We have a, a smartphone, TVs, fridges, the washing machine type of all home solutions and, and the mobile. So during the COVID-19, when everything was uh, uh, suffering badly, we ran all retailers. All telcos at one time run Samsung uh, brand only promotions in South Africa as well as all uh, African continent. It was very successful. It was very successful. We have a product and uh, had a, a Black Friday type of uh, promotions. So now that's uh, still uh, global one of the global best practice in Samsung uh, electronics. So no South Africa we can do. That's amazing. Well, listen, if you want to get some more insights from the top uh, of someone who was uh, heading up Samsung Africa, CEO and uh, the former president, uh, you need to get this book, The Samsung Man's Path to Success, Turning Crisis into Breakthrough. Some great insights there, pragmatic and practical insights. And uh, they should be available at all good uh, book retailers, both online and offline. And uh, Sung Yun, I thank you very much for being on the Saturn Times Hour. And let me uh, give this a try. Come some need. Oh, that's perfect. That's a say thank you. Appreciate type of thing. Yes, your pronunciation is perfect. <laughs> thank you for having me. Fantastic. It's the bottom of the hour on the Santon Times Hour. We're going to play some music and we'll be right back with more of the show right after this. The Santon Times Hour continues. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 with uh, Lovers Do by Giselle Niemant. Remember her? We interviewed her. A couple of weeks ago from the New York Fashion Week. And I think during the interview, we even alluded that she's going to be recording some of her uh, music. And that's uh, one of her first tracks. 
So there you heard it here first. Taking you into the second half of the Sound and Times Hour, my name is Alexander Leipner, and uh, you know how this works. If there's anything that sounded good during the show, but you didn't manage to get all the details, remember, you can go over see the show notes on www.santontimes.ca.za. I'm going to put up all the details on there, breakdowns, phone numbers, email addresses, whatever it is that you need. Anything that you've discussed on this week's show, it'll be up there. Also, be sure to check out the uh, social media accounts at Santon Times. Uh, feel free to follow those. And you can also engage on those as you wish. It's always good to hear from you. And uh, you can also follow the hashtag Santon Times Hour. Now, parents and friends of those with kids, well, you are looking for a more boutique and bougie dining option as opposed to the usual sort of fish fingers and chips and uh, absolute chaos that sometimes comes with uh, some of these uh, kids' restaurants. Well, you'll be flocking to Joy Josie, let me tell you. It opened in Greater Santon this week, and I had a chance to get a sneak preview of uh, what this new space has to offer. And uh, Joy Josie, they've married the best of play and cuisine, and they've kind of brought to life a very fancy family restaurant with a kids' library, a treehouse, mini splash park, amphitheater, and so much more. There's even a, a really cool slide and one of those pipe slides that kind of comes out of the second story and goes down to the first floor when you get there. But you'll see it when you get there. And um, I had a chance to uh, catch up with uh, Play On founder and uh, Free Play fanatic, Colin Levine. And uh, he's been actively involved since the start of the project and is the mastermind behind the -the state-of-the-art play equipment that exists within Joy Josie. And uh, I took a moment to catch up with him on the playground. Um, we create play spaces throughout the country and abroad. And Joy Josie was a collaboration between myself, Hans and Brad to create an unbelievable play venue for the kids with unbelievable play and unbelievable food that parents will want to come to and enjoy their food and want to stay. All right, so let's talk about Joy Josie. What was sort of the the genesis of getting this idea off the ground? How did, how did it all come about? Well, Hans and Brad have been in the hospitality industry for quite a long time. They know restaurants, they know entertainment. And I've been in the play industry for a long time. And a mutual friend who is Carla, who was is here also and actually a shareholder within the space, put us together and said, you've got to meet each other because you guys have to do something. You guys will be incredible together. And we had a meeting, and that was pre-COVID, and we had a house around the corner that didn't work, and then COVID struck, we had another house around another corner, and COVID, uh, after COVID, and eventually this house came available, we've we've taken a lease on it, and created this enchanting space. Play on as a business, what is it that you focus on? What kind of do you bring into that sort of uh, mix in terms of making uh, this, this venue work? So PlayOn is predominantly a a company that does play, but our main market is occupational therapists and uh, educational therapists. So everything that we do has got some sort of educational play to it. That's where we're kind of niching ourselves. And a jungle gym is a jungle gym that you can move your body around. If you want to run, you run to something, play on something. So we've got a big focus on the, the, the energy of how children should play, not just 
unfortunately we do have a playstation section over here but that's just for the teenagers but you should experience the body and move around and run around and that's what our ph philosophy is it's about believing in the power of play natural play talk us through joy josie as a concept what are the different areas that people can experience what makes up uh, what makes up the, the whole venue so i think we've covered a lot of different aspects of the play uh, we started with a little toddler section where we've got a child mind over there and that's mainly for 18 months to two and a half years with little dollies and a lot, lot more softer play and the tables are set for the moms to watch from afar their children playing and then we move into the garden where there's an action court there's a little splash park that we've designed for the summer so the children can get a little bit wet there's a great jungle gym, there's a little bike track for the, also a little bit more for the toddlers. And then upstairs there's a three-story play pen that stretches over about 100 square meters with air cannons and ball ponds and mazes for the children. We've got a little library because obviously there's, not everyone likes to be crazy, so there's a little space there for the quiet person who wants some time out and wants to just read a book. There's a little library area. And then there's an arts and crafts section, so that's for the, the kids that just want to be creative. We've got a 70-seater amphitheater, and we're going to try and encourage children to create their own plays. We've partnered up with uh, uh, the children's theater, so they should put on some spaces over here. Hooks, hooked on Books will come and do some spaces. And it's just a holistic way of playing, you know, it's not predicted. You know, we don't want any predicted play. And then what have you got for the parents here? So while the kids are playing and enjoying all the different areas that you've created, indoor and outdoor, what's there for the parents to do? That's the kicker, is we've got Luke uh, Del Roberts on board as our chef, and the food is unbelievable and the cocktails are better. So the idea is there's a big screen TV in the bar for the dads or moms to watch sport. There's unbelievable food, great drinks, and just the, there's child minders so that the children are off the, ch uh, the parents' head and the parent must just enjoy their two hours of freedom while their children are taken care of and just enjoy the delicious food and drink that comes their way. Sounds absolutely amazing. You've also got a, uh, a bit of a, a, a pottery area where people can uh, paint some pottery and you've also got a bit of a retail space as well. Correct. There's a pottery section where there's sand art and just keep the creatives at bay. And then there is a little a retail store and we've selected quite specific uh, products to go in there it is all educational type play so it's no guns and anything skit and donna so it's all educational thinking logic games yeah it's just if you want a quick gift or you see something that's quite interesting over there on your way in or way out uh, yeah just purchase it it's it's there at competitive prices and then uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the running times, uh, when is Joy Josie open? When can people come? Do they need to book? So at the moment we are on Dar plan. We are going to be open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 11 till 9. And then on the weekends, Saturday, Sunday and public holidays will bring in there at 9 o'clock until 9 on the weekends. Those are the trading times as as now but it is essential to book we aren't running the restaurant full at the moment we just want to get some teething problems through so we it is a 250 seater restaurant which is enormous but we i think we are curbing it to 180 at the moment and will it also be available for people who want to maybe exclusively book it out for uh, a kid's birthday or, or any sort of other function 
So there's definitely parties, kiddies parties on the trading days that you can book a, uh, a section out for your child's birthday. When we are closed on a Monday and a Tuesday, we are hosting events during that time. So if you want to hire the whole place out during those times, it is, a, it is available for rental on the Mondays and the Tuesdays to take the whole space. That was Play On founder Colin Levine. And uh, for more info on Joy Josie, don't forget to visit the website santantimes.co. The best of Santon and beyond. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. A change of pace for the second half. And uh, as load shedding continues in South Africa, relentlessly. I mean, I'm trying to think what the word is that they've been using lately for stage six. But it's sort of like undetermined, as in there is no end in sight. A lot of us are thinking about, now, how's this going to carry on uh, during winter? And I thought, well, let's get somebody on who can maybe comment on this, maybe give us a little bit of perspective. Is it going to be as bad as many analysts are saying? Is it going to be worse? Where are we at? I'm joined by Professor Hartmut Winkler. He's the professor of physics at the University of Johannesburg. And uh, Professor, give us a bit of perspective here. Yes. I mean, we've just had a stage six uh, this week again after we'd been promised that uh, stage sixes are a thing of the past. We've changed the jockey, but it seems like the horse is still struggling. Uh, yes. Now, I don't think anybody should ever be promising that we are not going to go have any load shedding or not go beyond any, any stage or so. Uh, the way I see it is that uh, the, the present situation is going to carry on for at least another year. And if everybody does everything correctly, in other words, uh, uh, trying to look at long-term plans rather than, than claiming that they're quick fixes, then we might slowly get things improving towards the end of next year. But I, I think we the word load shedding and, and everything it entails is still going to be with us for a while. And yes, as you implied, this winter is going to be quite bad. And there's a number of reasons for that. Last year was really bad. This year, it's going to be slightly worse. Well, give us some perspective on what do we consider bad. I mean, on the on the on the scale of bad, how bad is bad? I mean, we've been hearing <laughs> things of stage nine, ten, eleven. I mean, I was looking at the at the uh, the current schedule as it stands, mm -hmm. and looking at the different stages, yeah. and I thought, well, the only way we can start going up the scale even further or get higher stages is if we actually yeah. start adding hours to the day because we're running out of hours to actually <laughs> switch off. I mean, we're going to be literally be left with with ten minutes a day at this uh, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, well, stage eight implies that the electricity is off for half of the day. That would be exactly 12 hours a day uh, with electricity, 12 without. So, yes, one can go beyond. It's just that nobody's uh, drawn up a schedule because when they did, they'd never thought we'd, we'd get as far as this. Uh, but, yes, in theory, you can go down all the way to stage 16. Stage 16 has everything switched off. Are we going to get uh, somewhere close to there? Well, it's, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as that. Uh, but if we look at Eskom's uh, uh, electricity availability factor, uh, which basically measures what percentage of your the power that you should be producing is being produced, it's been gradually being going down year after year. And uh, if we look at the current trend, we we given that last year we had uh, stage six as our worst, I think that this year stage eight is going to be our worst. But if we are unlucky, it could go beyond stage eight. If we are lucky, maybe we will survive on, on stage six. But just overall, and yes, we've seen this in the last few months, and uh, we're just not getting out of load shedding at all anymore. In the, in the past, yes, people would have uh, considered just a few days of load shedding a disaster. Now it, we're so used to it, it it's become part of our, our daily lives. It shouldn't be, but that's where we are. I mean, I, I'm assuming as well that a lot of these pressures in terms of pushing us up to the stage 
whatever it is going to be, eight or beyond, uh, is because of the the higher use of electricity to heat uh, houses. Have I have I got that correct? Yes, that, that's correct. Yes, uh, uh, that's it, in winter. Uh, well, if we think in terms of our currency of electricity load shedding, which, as people said, South Africans understand, nobody else in the world understands uh, uh, what it is. But uh, yes, in, in terms of stages of load shedding, in winter, it, it, conditions are such that the, the electricity uses about four stages of load shedding higher than it would be in summer. Now, Eskom tries to, uh, to mitigate uh, for that by uh, doing most of its maintenance work during the summer months and so on. That's also why quite often people wonder, well, how, how come we're getting load shedding at Christmas when Eskom should have all of its, its units available? But, but that's when they do their, their, their repair work. That's when they plan to take a lot of, uh, uh, of their plants offline. Off, off um, unfortunately, this winter, what's going to happen is that, uh, uh, first of all, we have um, uh, there's a couple of major exercises happening at the moment. Uh, the one thing is that the, the Kuburg nuclear plant in Cape Town is getting a life extension. But to do that, it needs to be taken offline for quite a while. The plan was to take it off, off, uh, off the grid for, uh, for five months. Uh, there's two units, one for five months, finishing in June. Then we would have the whole of Kuburg helping us out until about uh, uh, September. And then the other one was going to be, uh, be upgraded. Now, as way things have worked out, it's not going to be, the job's not going to be finished in June. It's only going to be finished in, in uh, about three months later. So we're only operating on half a Kuburg uh, in the middle of this winter. Uh, the other big problem, that had what happened in, in, in October last year, that we had this incident at, at uh, Kusile uh, uh, coal uh, power station. Uh, that, together with Medupi, is the biggest one in the country and also the newest one. And uh, a, a chimney collapsed. And uh, as a result of it, half of it, which and that, is, that amounts to uh, more than two stages of load shedding, is uh, is not available because of that. And and that, again, is not a quick fix. Uh, recently, we had uh, um, uh, the Eskom applying to be able to bypass uh, uh, air quality regulations so that they could come up with some solution by which they would be able to get uh, Kusile up and running again within a year. If they had done it in such a way that they meet uh, the, the, uh, the air quality uh, controls, it would have required two years. So that, again, is, 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 a, is a big uh, amount of electricity that's not available for the whole of this year uh, that should have been available. So essentially, if you've been sitting on the fence in terms of getting off the grid or coming up with some sort of plan, be it batteries or solar or, or even just a simple <laughs> inverter or some sort of uh, G, uh, UPS, yeah. um, uh, your decision has been made. I mean, it's probably a matter of not not if, but when you can get it uh, installed. It, that's right. And, it, and the huge problem at the moment is, I don't know if, uh, how many of your listeners have experienced that. Yes, once a decision is made, yes, well, I'd like to go solar or I'd like to do this. And now try and get somebody to actually do that. These people are, are so oversubscribed at the moment that they basically tell you, if you contact them, can you install it? So they say, well, yeah, maybe in three months' time, we might have time to do it for you. Uh, it, there's been a huge rush on, on, on especially solar panels, also on inverters and batteries, the, the, the things that can be used. Gradually, yes, one can see. It, it's something that it's surprising that in this country this happened so late. But I guess the reason is that uh, we've always been uh, quite happy with Eskom in the past. The electricity uh, uh, prices are fairly low in that. So uh, if 10 years ago people had seen what's coming, there might have been a more concerted drive towards installing solar at, at much earlier than it, 
affected. But now it, 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 the rush is becoming becoming a flood. Uh, unfortunately, that's not fast enough to to uh, to really make a major dent on on load shedding. But uh, uh, the amount by which uh, solar rooftop has grown. Uh, a good way you can see that actually is if uh, uh, people just go on, on on the Google Earth application, you can see things from the sky and just look at how many uh, uh, factories, office buildings and, and, and malls now have uh, uh, solar on their rooftops. Uh, they just uh, operating. Uh, it doesn't cover all the electricity uh, uh, requirements, but quite a lot of it. And that's just increasing the way our, uh, people are going. But it's at the moment, it's just a shortage both of of panels coming into the country because all of those essentially all of those are imported and of finding people to actually do the installations. Unbelievable. Well, there you have it, Professor Hartmut Winkler. He's a professor of physics at the University of Johannesburg. Also talks on energy scenarios of South Africa, specifically the debate around renewable energy uh, versus nuclear, giving us a bit of a perspective. And I think the uh, quote comes from uh, Game of Thrones that winter is coming. And uh, it seems like those who are able to do something, and if you can get yourself off the grid, it's probably a good time to do that. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be wrapping up the Santon Times Hour right after this. Topical news. My fellow South Africans. Big names. <laughs> I love that. The hottest entertainment. I'll be back soon. Yeah, I'll call you myself. <laughs> and everything in between. What an honor. I was born in Santon, grew up in Santon, so here I am. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 with How to Save a Life by Callisto featuring Barefoot. Taking us into the last minutes of this week's show. And uh, over the weekend, I had a chance to attend the 10th Savannah Comics Choice Comedy Awards, which uh, announced, honored, and celebrated the best of the best in South African comedy and comedic content creation. And uh, I bumped into the uh, Source of the Year award winner, Dylan Oliphant, and uh, checked in with him. Uh, in particular, what current stories had grabbed his comedic imagination? We're all watching Tabo and Nandipa. Come on, that's the, that's the only story that matters right now. And of course, load shedding. Load shedding is another one, but mostly Tabo and Dr. Nandipa. Is it the kind of story that even you would struggle to try and come up with if you had to make it up? Man, I love the more serious the topic it is, the more funny I want to make it. So it's, the, it's exactly in my ballpark. Well, I think you better get on top of it before one of the streaming services turns it into a show. You might have some royalty issues. But uh, tell me, do you find that there's some stories that are starting to become so difficult that uh, it, it's hard to find the, the, the funny in it? I mean, there's, there's obviously some subjects and some stories that are hard and not easy but anything can be funny anything can be funny i think anything i think funny shouldn't be there shouldn't be limits to funny yeah. any big uh, things planned in the pipeline for the rest of the year uh well i do my comedy tour all around the country so i'm gonna take a, a new show all around the country and i can't wait for that hmm? tell us a little bit more about the show that you're taking around uh, south africa it's a show it's a one-man comedy show and it's a show that i've been working on for for, for a bit now for, for this past year well since since um, January so it's gonna be a, a one hour show I'm gonna take it all around the country I got venues booked and I'm ready for the ready for the tour later on in the year that's for sure what does it mean to win an award like this uh, for a comic in South Africa uh, great things I've won one in I've won newcomer a few years ago I won't tell when <laughs> but um, it's a platform it's a stepping stone into better things I I, I won one, got it open for Trevor Noah, 
not long after, got to do some big shows right after. So it's been, it's, it's a great platform, yeah. Well, there you have it. That was uh, Dylan Olifant, and uh, also at the event, and he was also the MC for the evening, was Luiso Gola, and uh, he was there, and he's also got a brand new one-man show called Pub Culture, which kicks off in Santon this week at uh, the Theatre on the Square, and it runs until April the 29th, and uh, I had a brief chat to him to find out what the new show was all about. It's just a stand-up comedy show that I called Popular Culture that I've been touring around the world. I took it, I've, do, I've done it in the UK uh, in 20 cities and now I'm bringing it to Johannesburg. And wh what's the show about? What can people expect if they come along to watch it? To stand up, it's just, it's my observations on what's been happening in the world post COVID. So that's the vibe. Is there a bit of a South African influence happening there as well? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. but. It's not. It's a. It's a show of the world. It's not like. Obviously, it has South African things because I am South African, and yeah. But generally, it's just things of the world. How have the uh, audiences internationally received it? It was cool. We did. A, we did well in the UK. Um, I still. I did it again, like recently, in, in, a, in a small theater in, in the. It was cool. It's cool. It was cool. Do you find that a lot of your audiences internationally are South Africans who are living there, or do you find there's a lot of internationals who also uh, enjoy a South African take on international affairs? No, no, my audience in the world are generally not South African. They're less than 20% of the people are South Africans who watch me, so for me, no, that's not the case. Um, but I do like, the themes I touch on are global themes, they're not like, they're not specific to South Africa, they're specific to the world. Like, if you're in the world and in the world zagas, you'll you'll get you'll get what the things that I'm talking about. What are some of the things that are keeping you busy at the moment? What are some of the stories that you're watching that you might turn into some material in some upcoming shows? Well, I mean, the fact that no one wants to use the dollar anymore. I don't know if it's funny yet, but I like the idea that and some of the biggest nations in the world don't care about the dollar. So it's quite an interesting shift that's about to happen in the world. I don't know how to make it funny, but for me, that's the most interesting thing. There you have him, comedian Luiso Gola, and a full list of all the winners of the 10th Savannah Comics Choice Comedy Awards is up on the website, as well as details on pop culture. Go take a look. That's it for another Saturn Times Hour on Mix 93.8, and as always, available as a podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santantimes.ca or connect on social media at Santon Times and visit the website, santantimes.co.za. Feel free to send through your questions, your comments, your input into the content. It's always good to hear from you. And uh, you make the show. If it wasn't for you listening, if it wasn't for you being part of creating some of the information and some of the content that we have on the show, yeah, then, you know, where would we be? Thank you to all my guests who made time to be on this week's uh, episode. And uh, also, Vincenzo, thank you. And um, I'm going to go and wrap myself up now and, I don't know, have a hot toddy or something. And uh, let's see how this cold progresses. I hope I feel better by next week. Thank you to the Santon Times team as well as everyone at Mix 93.8. And of course, thank you for listening. And let's connect again next week. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Santon Times Hour. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it. 